Welcome everybody to the podcast today. Hope you're having a great Monday morning. Uh, you'll have to excuse the way I sound just a little bit. I've got some congestion going on. Been standing against a cold for the last few days, but the devil is a is a liar and God is faithful. And um, so if you're like me, you've got a cup of coffee in one hand, the Bible in the other, and we're going to just engage the Word of God this morning as we always do. Um, and we left off last week in chapter 17 of Acts as we found Paul and his team in Berea, and they found people who were more fair-minded than the ones that they had encountered in Thessalonica. It's always interesting to me when I encounter people that are really closed off to the love of God and, and closed off to the hope of heaven. Uh, and then you run into people that are very fair-minded, and, and even though they may not know much about Jesus or the love of God, they're open to hear about it, and, and they're longing uh, in, inside, internally, they're longing for that hope, and, and maybe in most cases don't even know it. So at any rate, we're going to pick up here today, and in, uh, in, uh, we left off in chapter number uh, nine, uh, 16 and 17, where Paul had gone on ahead of the team into Athens, and uh, his spirit provoked him um, when he saw the city was wholly given over to idols, the King James Version says. And uh, it's interesting that he went to a place that was very religious. And friend, it, it reminds me today of, of our own country, of our own environment, our own situation, because our nation and, and again, don't don't get me wrong. I don't think God hates America. I don't think God's coming back to judge America. I think sin has consequence um, in this earth, and uh, and and people who are not saved will pay consequence beyond this earth. But our nation is wholly given over to idols. You see people idolizing uh, athletes and movie stars and and pastors even and other people. Um, we idolize the rich and the famous. We idolize so many things. Uh, when people are killing other people in parking lots of sports stadiums because they support another team, I mean, really all we've done is somewhat squelched the street gangs in this country and legitimized that activity by uh, now the colors that people wear are the colors of a sports team and, and literally killing each other for... Um, the defense of a group of millionaires who are all hanging out and partying together after the games. It's idolatry is what it is. We've, we've made money an idol. We've made the possession of things an idol. And, and so I'm not trying to be a downer here. What I'm trying to do is show you that that presents a very convenient platform for us uh, on which to preach the gospel. So he saw Athens in this state and then he immediately began to reason in the synagogue. Now, this is where we left off last week in verse 17. So the place that has caused him all his problem, almost totally, has been when he goes to the synagogue and engages the, the, the Jews of the region. And even, you know, we saw earlier in this book how he, he sort of, kicked the dust off his shoes and said, now I'm going to the Gentiles and, you know, somebody else will have to come and find you Jews. However, his jumping off point in every single community has been to go to the synagogue and to begin there. And through that uh, um, 
experience, then connect with some Jews who will believe, and then connect with the Gentile community from there. But um, the other thing that has happened 100% of the time is that the Jews that don't accept his message then become hostile toward his message and think they're doing God a great justice by, by trying to kill him and beat him and imprison him. So now let's pick it up in, in verse 18. It says, Then the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers entered, uh, encountered him and said, What does this babbler want to say? Others said, He seems to be a proclaimer of foreign gods because he preached to them Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him and brought him to the Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new doctrine is of which you speak. The Areopagus, that's just a, a Greek word for uh, the hill of, of Mars or Mars Hill, hill, hill of Ares or Mars Hill. You, you see some churches today uh, called Mars Hill, uh, and it's just a reference back to this event here where Paul is speaking from this um, place where they would go and just exchange ideas and be a, you know, sort of a philosophical conversation. And that's what's happening here. So they take him here, and then they ask to hear this new doctrine of which he speaks. And verse 20 says, For you are bringing some strange things to our ears. Therefore, we want to know what these things mean. So they were curious. Uh, they were engaging all these new ideas. Again, it was a place that was... was uh, given wholly over to idolatry so they were open to everything uh, it strikes me to be very similar to Hinduism because in Hinduism they have over 300 million gods these people here in Athens in these days the Greeks they were open to any new idea they were excited they were hungry and thirsty for new ideas and I think our country again if I looked at the way our nation has wholly given over to idols I think that that people are open to new ideas in some degree and I think it's the way we present our our ideas to them and present the truth of the gospel to them that causes them either to reject it or to accept it or at least be open to it or close to it. And what I mean by that is that sometimes we think that you've got to tee everybody up and and you know take them down the Roman road and get them to say a prayer with you before you walk out of the room or else you've let God down somehow. And I don't believe that at all. I used to. I don't believe that at all anymore. I believe God wants us to create relationship. I think he wants us to love people, to truly care about people, not care about our testimony of how many people we led to Jesus, but care about people. And people are somewhat tired in our country, at least, of having evangelical people try to shove the gospel down their throat and close them on salvation in a three-minute conversation on a street corner when they've lived for the devil for 45 years uh, or they've been beaten down by religion for that long. So what I'm saying to you, friends, is we must be open to the leading of the Holy Ghost to uh, walk through that door of opportunity into the lives of people that we care about more than our own agenda. And I'm preaching good now, but I, I, I feel a stirring of the Spirit here. I think we've hit something that, that God really wants to bring out. And in verse 21, uh, it says, For all the Athenians and the foreigners who were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear something new. So these people, again, were very open to these new ideas, new, new thought processes, new theories. And into this now, 
Paul steps, and I believe you and I can step because our nation and the people in it are certainly grasping for something that would cause their life to become stable, cause their life to become strong, cause their life to be anchored, and they're not finding it in their sports teams, in their money, in their boats and cars and houses. And so what you and I have to do is be careful not to get sucked into that lifestyle of idolatry. I'm not trying to be over over spiritual here, uh, but I'm just saying getting our focus off Jesus, okay? But we've got to be careful not to get sucked into that, but also at the same time recognize that this very climate provides a platform for us to, uh, to step into the, to the chasm that is left by the shortfall of the world, and now we can provide hope, and hope is, as you know, uh, a a confident expectation of good. And then we're going to end with this, but this is how Paul begins. He says, uh, Paul stood up in the midst of them in verse uh, 22 in the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are very religious. And um, he says, For as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing him I proclaim to you. And that's how Paul began his message here, <clears throat> excuse me, to the Athenians. And what we'll do is we'll pick this up tomorrow morning as he gets into this. But friend, remember today that, that the devil in the world has provided a great opportunity for you and I to step into the lives of hurting humanity with a message of hope, with a message of grace, and a message of heaven, of Jesus. And so today, on your way, Look for those opportunities. Step in with great peace and comfort, knowing that you don't have to close them on salvation and lead them down the Roman road in the first three minutes. But you can get to know them, and you can let them know that God knows them, and he loves them completely. And then once you create that relationship, then what will happen is they'll be open to your message. Well, friend, that's all of our time today. Thanks for being with me on this Monday morning. Hope you're having a great, great day. And have a blessed week. I'll see you right here tomorrow on the podcast.